Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey there, Hell Yes Lifers. It's time for another episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. I am your host, Norman Bell. And today, my guest is Stephanie Scheller. After three years in corporate America, Stephanie ramped up her sales training and coaching business in only four and a half months to completely replace her corporate income and walked away to run Scheller Enterprises, a company focused on disrupting the way the world goes into and stays in business. As attention shifted to creating a global impact, Stephanie founded Grow Disrupt, a company passionate about helping business owners look look at their business with different eyes to find opportunities to grow and streamline. Stephanie, welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast. Hell yeah. How's it going? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Excited to um, hear more about your business and your story. I always like to start off though by uh, asking my guests, what is your hell yes? What's that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? There's a couple things that really, really light me up and make me come alive. The first one is helping job owners and business operators become small business owners. So there is a big difference between, and this is phases we all go through in business. So we all go through that phase where we're getting the business off the ground. We're really getting it running and we're a contractor, right? If we don't show up for work, we, you know, maybe we're our own own boss for the most part, but if we don't show up for work, we don't get paid. If we, you know, want to take a vacation, that's cool, but that's coming out of your page. Like, you're not really, it's not really a business. It's, you got a few contracts. You're, you're a job owner. Uh Um, Then you kind of transition to this business operator phase. And the business operator phase is when the business starts to grow beyond you and it starts to get and turn into a real business. But you know, if you had to be real with it, you couldn't replace yourself at you know a fair market rate inside the business right mm-hmm. you're still working four or five jobs you may not even be able to take vacation without the business you know not making money but this business owner level is this level you get to where you are not just taking a paycheck that is commensurate with what the market would pay you like if you were going to be ceo of a company you're getting roughly the same size paycheck right um But you're also, for being the business owner, for having taken the risk, for having Mm. made the leap, Mm. you get to take home profit distributions too. Mm. And that is like, that is exciting. When all of a sudden, because so many business owners, they don't take, they take either a paycheck or profit distributions. They don't take both. Mm. You should be getting both. That's the point. Mm -hmm. And so that gets me like, I get so excited wow. talking with you. can see how fired up you are when talking about that. And I haven't, I don't think I've, I've thought of that or come across that idea. And I love it. I can't wait to hear a bit more about this. Um, but before we do, I'll ask my, follow, my standard kind of follow-up question, which is, when did you realize that this was your hell yes? Is there, is there a moment in time that you can place this? It, there's, so yes, there is. So when we started the business, it was a sales training practice. We grew it very rapidly to be the largest, most active sales training practice in Central Texas at the time. 
And we were doing these two-day sales scripting boot camps. So we would sell tickets. People would come in for two days, and we would, we would design their entire sales script. And at the end of one of the boot camps, I had another trainer who would come into town and work with me. And at the end of one of the boot camps, she looked at me one time, and she goes, can I work with the small business owners sometimes too? Oh, you just went it, it muted there. Sorry, sorry about That's that. Okay. Um, she, uh, she, said, she said, can I work with the small business owners too? And I said, what, what do you mean by that? And she goes, well, I mean, every time we do this, you have me work with all the employees, all the sales reps, and you work with the small business owners, but I like working with small business owners too. Mm-hmm. And I have this, oh, interesting. Like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. It was just way more fun for me to work with a small business owner than to work with a sales rep. Mm-hmm. And so there was, uh, so that was kind of like my, oh, interesting. And then there was like this really awkward phase for like a year where I was trying to figure out like, where, like, where am I going? What about, how do I, how am I going to do this? And we landed on doing events for small businesses mm-hmm. because we really did want to make a bigger impact. And we, we totally landed on it by accident. Um, I put on an event just to, you know, see what happened. Someone recommended I should try an event like this and put on this one event. And I was like, Oh, that was really awesome. And that was the direction that we just kind of straight up pivoted right at that moment and went down that road and, it's been the blast ever since. Awesome. I, you know, hell yes, lifers out there listening. Uh, I'll bet there's some of you that can relate to uh, Stephanie's journey there. And a lot of people I've been talking to recently are, you know, you just mentioned that it was kind of by accident. You sort of were trying out different things and then one thing hit. And so it's not that you have, I, I, I'm hearing a theme among the people I'm talking to. It's not like from day one, you know exactly what you're doing and, uh, yeah. and the path is clear for the next 10 years. It's really like a little bit of stumbling around in the dark there. And then one thing leads to another and you have little aha moments along the way. And, uh, and now here you are. So, yeah. so great. great. So you, um, what was it, you know, to, to, um, dig a little bit on that moment where you realize when you're um, the person you were working with was talking about small business owners. What mm-hmm. was it that when you realized that, like, what is it about small business owners versus sales reps that you enjoy working with? Uh, okay. So really good question. I want to comment. You said something that I think is really key. I think for a lot of us, it really is this kind of fumbling around in the dark. Like, do I want to do this? And when you find what you're really passionate about, the business grows so fast. Right? Mm. I mean, we grew fast, but we grew fast as a small, as a sales training business. Cause I pushed, I was, I pushed it into growth, right? We've grown really fast as this event company because I'm passionate about it because I bring people around that are also passionate. But what I found is people find it by accident, but they only find it if they're taking action, right? You have to be getting out there and doing stuff yeah. and mm-hmm. trying stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. experimenting. And when you're sitting around not taking action and not doing anything, cause you're waiting for that perfect thing to show up. Yeah. You're screwing yourself over. So I just wanted to add that because I see so many yeah. people do that. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what drew me to so what drew me to small businesses? Um, it's a little bit more, there's some more freedom there, right? So when I'm the small business owner designing my sales process, I have freedom to really design my sales process, my sales scripts. I'm establishing something that I can take back 
enhanced to my team and I can create a broader impact is what I really, it really comes down to. When you're working with a one-on-one -on -one sales rep, you're just working with a one-on, -on, you're just working one-on-one, -on -one, right? You're just talking to them and you're helping them with their scripts and you're stuck to some extent inside the company approved sales funnel. So whatever the funnel is the company mm -hmm. wants you to work inside of, you get to do that. There's no experimenting around to say, well, I sell better in person, so I'm going to do this. There's none of that. It's, nope, you are going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this. And so I just, you know, a little bit of a free spirit over here. I just didn't have as much fun with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I always, one of my things that I always pay attention to is what lights people up. Like, you know, that my question is what makes you come alive really. And just to notice the difference between when you were talking about working with small business people and when you were <laughs> working with sales reps and you know, you're in there. Da, 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 da. So it, it, it can definitely tell the difference. <clears throat> yeah, you can, you can, I can feel the difference. And I talk, you know, when you ask what lights you up, I said, there's two things. The other one is I talk all the time about your energy and how as small business owners, especially we have to really protect our energy. And we talk, like, I don't know if you've ever heard the whole, you know, money is not your greatest asset. Time is. Mm. And I actually argue time is not your greatest asset. Energy is mm. because we've all had some evening where we've been sitting on our butts and we didn't have the energy to do anything. And so that time wasn't really valuable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you spend your energy with things that give you more energy, right? Yeah. So when I talk about small business owners, when I get engaged with small, right, this gets me going. I get oh, excited. I yeah. wrap up from a podcast talking about this stuff. I get off. I'm fired up. I'm like knocking out videos. I'm replying to emails. I'm doing everything. If I'm doing stuff that I'm not in my energy advantage, yeah, everything starts to drag. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tell business people, business owners all the time, like you've got to learn to protect your energy advantage. You've mm. got to learn to protect the stuff, to do the stuff that gives you energy. Yeah. And sometimes that's quiet stuff, right? So for me, it's painting, right? That's not high energy. I'm not bouncing off the walls when I'm painting. Um, but it gives me a lot of energy. It makes me feel rested and relaxed and excited. Mm -hmm. And that protecting that energy advantage is one of the most powerful things you can do as a, as a small business owner, especially, but I would think it applies across the board too. Absolutely. Well, I, I really um, resonate or that resonates with me or I resonate with it. I can't remember which, but um, that I was just talking about this with a friend of mine yesterday um, about something that I kind of keep coming back to because there's, there's sort of a theme, you know, one branch of entrepreneurship is sort of this grind it out sort of 24 seven work 24 seven, take no breaks, you know, kind of a, I, you know, I, I love Gary Vanderchuk, but like that seems to be sort of his, his yeah. path. And that, that's just not going to work for me. I just realized I just, I end up, you know, I'm just spinning my wheels if I'm running on fumes. And so I, I really, I keep coming back to this phrase that I have used on the podcast was just slow down, do less, get more done, which is like, you know, when I take care of myself, I have more, like you were saying, like your energy yeah. advantage. I want to hear more about that term. Um, you know, I have, I have better energy, better thinking, better creativity, better productivity, and I can get more important things done. Um, yeah. better, you know, better. You yeah. Know, and I, me a lot of time. I totally agree. You know, uh, Gary V Grant Cardone, they all ascribe to this, like, 
like, and there was a time period when I did too. It was like, I would post pictures of me working on the weekends. Like, you know, this is how committed I am. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, first of all, you can do like a hustle for a short period of time. I totally think that, and sure. there, you know, there's going to be some times when you're going to have to, you go into hustle mode for a few weeks, uh, you get caught up, you get ahead, whatever, you know, get up, knock a project out. But if you're living in that constant hustle, mm-hmm. you are sacrificing your now for your future completely. And the problem is one of my favorite things is that when you get to where you're going, you will only be more of who you already are. Mm -hmm. So when you become super wealthy, if you're a work addict, you're only going to be more of a work addict. So you're working your butt off so you can lounge on a a yacht, but you won't. Right. You know, if you... You actually will not be doing that because you don't have the habit of doing that, right? Right. So you, you won't, you'll be sitting there. You won't even like, so, so I'm just, I'm just such a big believer, right? When you get where you're going, you'll be more if you already are. So there has mm. to be balance. I'm totally mm. cool. And I'm a huge, I think a lot of people don't take enough smart action. Mm. I think they take a lot of action. And, well, some people take a lot of action and they spin their wheels and they end up getting nowhere. And that sucks because now they put in all this energy to have no results. And that's very discouraging to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I think there are a lot of times when people, um, they put a lot of energy into the wrong actions. They don't put out enough action. And so they never get the results that they should have for their business. Right, right. Well, there's a lot of different directions we could go here. I was just writing down a few notes of some of the things you were saying. I think I want to jump to the one of the first things you were talking about, which is this idea of paying yourself a salary and... Uh, 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 some of the profit as well. Right. And, this, and kind of it's this idea of paying yourself to t- that you took the leap, right? So you get to, you get some rewards for that. Uh, a lot right. of people don't do that, right? So tell, tell me more about this idea because it sounded like you were really excited about helping people. Um, I love, so, you know, if you think about this, I, I'm trying to remember the stat. Somewhere there, there is actually a stat about how it's like less than 2% or less than, I know it's less than 10%, right? But there's a smaller percentage of the U.S. that has taken the leap to build a business, has taken the risk, right? Because what happens when there's not enough money to pay paychecks? Whose paycheck gets cut? Yours does, right? What happens when, you know, all these things happen. You know, I talk about for our events that we put on, my team knows, you know, of course, our events have huge potential profit margins, right? You know, you're talking about, you know, a hundred percent return of actual net profit on some of these events, which is awesome. And, you know, I always remind my team and I remind other people as well. I'm the one who put out that hundred thousand dollars. So if that makes a hundred thousand dollars, I have earned every penny of that, right? Yeah. If yeah. you want to become an investor in an event, sure. Let's talk, Right. But I'm the one who took the risk. My $100,000 could literally disappear or be gone. Like, yeah. I'm the one who's, who's sitting here having to deal with that. And so you as the business owner, you're doing the same thing, right? You're foregoing potential salary with another company. You're forego. I mean, there's so much that you're foregoing, right? And you deserve not only to get paid for your work, but you also deserve to take home the profits of the business and to have a distribution and a healthy distribution once a quarter that you can go blow and rent a yacht or buy a yacht, you know, if that's what you so desire to do. Um, but your paycheck and your profit are completely separate. And 
Um, you know, you should be getting 10 to 20% of the company revenues coming in as profit on top of you already getting your salary. And I just think so many business owners, they just take profit, right? A lot of them have this confusion about, you know, whose bank account is whose. So they just, you know, oh, I need this swipe. Oh, that was the company card. Oh, well, it's all the same in the end. It's not. Treat the business no. like a business, no. right? Yeah. So, yeah, that, it, you know, I, I know people who have mental blocks with taking profit distributions. Like, I shouldn't be allowed to make this much money. And I'm like, but you're the one who took the risk. Like, yeah. you know, and if you have a problem with it, give the money away, but set the business up so it has healthy margins so that mm -hmm. it can run it, right? So the business is in a good place and it can support itself even if something does happen, if there's a downturn or whatever, whatever comes up, right? It's just, it's just smart business making. Yeah. What would you, anybody who's out there listening right now who may have their own business and they're listening to this idea, is there a, you know, kind of a, um, a, a quick tip for them that you would recommend, like, here, do this um, to, as far as starting in this area? My best tip, I make every single person I work with, um, every single person who asks me for advice on how to manage their finances, I tell them you need to get the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Oh, uh -huh. um, yeah. And that's Michalowicz is impossible to spell. So if you go to Mike Motorbike, Mike Motorbike, is that his? Mike Motorbike.com will take you to his website. Oh, that's um, but you can look up Profit First on Amazon and his book yeah. comes up. But he really is, you know, what's interesting is for years and years, people were telling me, Steph, you got to read this book. You got to read this book. It's so good. And I kept like, I was like, eh, eh. you know, it sounds really simple oversimplified. Some of the people who were telling me to read the book, I didn't have a whole lot of business respect for. <laughs> so wasn't a whole lot of enticement there. And finally, one day, my mom, because we have a podcast together, oh. comes to me and she goes, guess who I got on our podcast? Mike McCallowitz. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> I'm going to have to read his book <laughs> now. Read, oh, now. I'm going to have to read that book. Uh -huh. And I read it and it blew me away. I, it completely shifted how I, our finances were not in bad shape. They've never been in, well, not never. They've rarely been in bad shape. Um, but this just completely shifted how I looked at managing the finances of the business. And we set up pricing models based on this profit first concept. We set up everything is based on profit first and it has, gotten us to the point where, and this is a funny story because I hear this all the time, right? Where people come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, it's tax season. I'm so not stressed. And I'm like, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like so many business owners are terrified of tax season because right. it's like, oh crap. Like most of the time your profit yeah, loss is like, you made 60 grand. The government's like, I want a chunk of this 60 grand. You look at your bank account and you're like, where the hell's the 60 grand? <laughs> like, it's not here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's been so cool to see it turn around where people are like, oh yeah, I got the money for taxes. Eh, whatever, there we go. So. 
Cool. Well, Prophet, first, I've heard that book come up time and time again. I've, uh, you know, after this call, I'm putting it and going to Amazon ordering it. So, um, uh, Prophet first, Helios Lifers, sounds like a winner. We'll, we'll, we'll check in about that one in the next, in the coming weeks. Um, let me, let me, okay. Well, I, you just mentioned another thing that I want to hear about is you, you and your mom doing a podcast, but I want to hear about your events first. So tell it, tell us mm-hmm. about, you know, that sounds like that was kind of your, the thing that really hooked in was like doing events for small businesses and it's been, um, you know, a lot of growth for your business as you hooked into that passion there. Uh, what kind of events do you do for small businesses? So we actually completely, whenever we say we do events, people are like, Oh, could you do my grand opening? It's like, no, we don't do those kinds of events. Um, what we do is we put on an event where we design the theme, we design the agenda. We look at what's going to make this unique, this event unique. We design and choose the speakers. So I interview the speakers. I find the right speakers, the ones that we want to come in that match the character profile of the event. So each event has its own character, right? Each event yeah. slightly different setup. So we look for the speakers who not just have good content because we've all gone to these events where you show up and it's a pitch fest right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you do actually get some good ideas, but by the time you go home and get back to work, you're so overwhelmed. Like your, you know, notes end up at the bottom of a stack of paper this deep. And so uh, we've worked really hard to design events where you're starting to implement stuff on site. You're getting real content, not pitches. Um, We don't allow pitching from any of our stages. These speakers are coming in and we always look for speakers who are legit, like have actually accomplished something pretty, pretty significant in business. So I was chatting with one lady today that currently owns and takes profit distributions. She's the CEO of one company, so she gets a paycheck there, but she gets profit distributions from four companies that she has ownership of, right? So she's doing really well. And that's what we want is to set up other people like that too. And so we find the right speakers, the best speakers, the good speakers to come in and then, you know, for the right fit. So we call ourselves a skills connector. I'm going to find the guy who can give you the right skill. So we've actually had Mike come in and talk at a couple of our events. Nice. Um, and he's just as good on stage as he is in his books, which is, he's always hilarious to watch. Um, but they come in and we, our rule is you have to give real content. You have to talk about like something that you've actively been doing. I don't want to talk about something you, you did 20 years ago. Like that doesn't work in today's economy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's, those are our events in a nutshell. So give us an idea. I, I, I remember looking on your website and it's not, it looked like a, a, you know, a kind of particular thing that you're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this, what, what comes first, the audience or the event? So is it um, that you're, uh, kind of custom uh, creating an event for a particular audience or are you, Hey, I'm creating this event and whoever wants to come um, shows up. It felt like it was sort of um, like you had to apply to go to the event Mm -hmm. or is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So the grow retreat, which has been our flagship event for the past few years, that one you have to either have a nomination. So you need to be nominated by a colleague, by someone, another business owner, Um, And then you still have to go through an interview process in order to have the chance to buy a ticket. Um, Or if you don't have a nomination, but you really want to go, you can apply and you just go through a slightly longer, you have to interview with one of my team members and then with me to have a chance to purchase a ticket. Um, But to answer your question about like what comes first, it's really the audience. You need to know who the audience is and really 
what the takeaway is. So that, that's actually the first thing. What's, what is the takeaway? What do I want people to walk out of here with? Who needs this information? Okay, so then I'm going to figure out who the audience is going to be based on that key takeaway. And then I can design an event from there. And you may decide, okay, well, here's the key takeaway. This could really go for two or three different audiences. Okay, well, then pick the one that you want most. I'm a big believer in niche down. Um, when you try and appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one. So. And a little, uh, just a slight tangent on that point, but I wanted to know more, a little bit more about the events. But um, remember at the beginning, you were talking about, um, you know, when you're in, in action and you're, you, you know, it's, it, it's hard to, to know what, what way to go forward. It's like being in action and then, you know, uh, then you'll start to, you know, something will connect. Maybe it'll be somewhat accidental. But this is one area that I get kind of caught up in is this knit niche niche niching whatever thing and getting a little deer in the headlights and oh no i need to you know absolutely know your niche what would you say to someone let's say somebody else wants to design an event but they've got two or three ideas of who that might be for should they just pick one and go with it and see how it goes is it well if you don't have any experience to draw from then yeah i would say you pick one you see how it goes um, and, and you learn from it, right? All of our events have evolved at each iteration of the event. So the Grow Retreat is the one we've run the most of. And of course, so it's our most advanced event, our most advanced version of an event. And it is, you know, it's really, really narrowed in. Um, you may put on your event. And now here's the other thing, right? I would not put on, if this is your first event, I would put on a 10 person event. Like I wouldn't put on a 250 person event. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't try to aim for a 10,000 person event. Like I see people who they're like, well, we're going all out. We're doing 120 people. We're doing 300 people. We're doing whatever. And the thing is, you know, that's whenever you start doing events that large, there's a lot more risk that comes in there. And so you are putting a lot on the line, not knowing whether or not it's a good fit. So I would say start with a small event for one mm-hmm. industry right? And then you could try another one. And there's nothing that says that, you know, if you go all in with this one, you have to do this, especially that's the nice thing about events. You can say, oh, I'm an event producer, right? And I'm putting on this event just for tradespeople. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean that you are a tradesperson only, right? Your event was for tradespeople. So that's the nice thing about doing events. I can niche down really far. um, And it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't limit me entirely, right? So I could say I'm doing this without having to go all in six years of building a brand, right? And then if I don't decide I don't like it, now you can do that for the smaller events. If I'm going to try and put on a 10,000 person event for tradespeople, I'm going to have to be the best damn tradesperson event producer out there, right? right? Um, But I could put on an event for 10 tradespeople that's just for tradespeople and see if I like it. Cool. So I think I want to tap your, your expertise a little bit more. Obviously people can get in touch with you if they, you know, want to go to your events or I, I don't know if you coach people on how to do events. Do you coach people on how to do events? I will happily answer questions. I don't really do all of that. Yeah, you're you're busy doing the events. Okay. Right. But, I mean, that's all I answer questions. I answer questions about business all day long. We have a couple 
of people that we act as like an outsourced CMO for, but I don't do as much coaching. Although if you're really cool and you ask really nicely, I might consider it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> hell yes, lifers just remember to ask really, really nicely and be really cool. Um, but let's, I, one of the, one of the great things about a podcast is I get to talk to experts like you and um, get a little bit of expert feedback. Um, so I, you know, events are in my, you know, in my, uh, on my radar as, as things that I, uh, something that I want to do. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm doing a meetup right now. And I think that might fit in with, uh, your, your initial recommendation of, of working with small groups and sort of mm-hmm. test, kind of testing the waters and see what people are yep. interested in. But, um, yeah, what, uh, for anybody else out there who might be, uh, interested in, in pursuing live events, what, um, what else would you say to get started? So start small, pick mm-hmm. a niche. Um, yep. let's, let's say if the niche was, I mean, right now for me, it's kind of hell yes, entrepreneur. So you know, right. kind of purpose-driven entrepreneurs. What do you think about that? Is that, is that still too broad? I'm, I'm going to get some, some, uh, a little, uh, feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say for getting started, yes. I would say Hell Yes Entrepreneurs is a little broad for, you You know, getting, get, the problem is when you are a logical choice for a lot of people, you start to commoditize yourself. When you are the only logical choice for a small group of individuals, it really doesn't matter what you charge. Mm-hmm. Because you're the only person who fills that need. So right. they're going to go with you. So it's easier to get to scale a business if you really niche down. Um, i I think the, what I would do if I were in your shoes is I would, I would niche down for a few events and say, we're going to work with hell yes entrepreneurs who are service-based B2B. Okay. And that's still a tiny bit broad, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit better, right? Where you're starting to get really, really focused in here and you're starting to, you're starting to, and here's the thing. So let's say you have an entrepreneur who's listening to your podcast, who does product sales, right? They've, they're inventor. They've got their own product. They, right. You're not going to sit there and be like, no you can't listen to me, right? <laughs> you, you, this is, Sorry. Someone calls you up, shows up to your event, and they're like, hey, I really resonate with this hell yes entrepreneur thing, right? You're not going to be like, well, but you're not service-based, right? We're not doing that. Um, but it does allow you to focus your marketing. Yeah. And so now you say, okay, I'm really talking to this subsection. And what will happen is that you create really rapid growth. So the reason the Grow Retreat has grown so rapidly is because it is very specifically for an established small business owner. Okay. This is not for the business Grow. owner who's yeah. trying to figure out who they are, what they are, what their business is. This is not for the business owner who's struggling to pay bills. This is not for the business owner who is just getting started. This is for an established company. Yeah. And so what's happened is because you have to go through an interview process. So the only people who end up in the room are established. They've started spreading it amongst themselves. And so I, I do, we do marketing for our events, but every one thing of marketing I do spreads tenfold because it gets picked up and people get excited and they start spreading it. They start pushing yeah. it. They start, right? So it just, it, it extends your reach a lot. Yeah. And did you kind of um, stumble your way into that? Or is that something that you identified uh, quickly once you started working with small businesses that you wanted to work with established businesses on how to grow? Because now that I hear you say that, like you've got the perfect word, right? Grow. It's not about start or launch. It's grow 
And then I, maybe we'll talk about disrupt in a second too, but, um, but uh, yeah, did you, uh, how did you come upon like focusing on this specific niche? Um, oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think through. There was, what I did was I, someone took me through an exercise and I, at the time I was doing a lot of coaching. Um, and so they were taking me through an exercise, you know, who are your favorite clients? Let's help you niche down. And the clients I had the most fun with, the clients I was making the most impact for which is huge for me. Like, I want to see how far can we touch other people's lives through you? Mm. Um, how can we take, you know, if you think about this, right, let's say you're a, a company that has even just five employees. Okay. But your five employees hate working for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's five people who spend 66% of their life doing what they hate no. who then go home and on average go home to one and a half additional people and drag that down with them. So now your one person is impacting 10 to 15 additional people, mm. right? This is, so you start to see how the impact really spreads, right? And then that guy, let's say, so let's say me, right? I'm married. Let's say I worked for someone. I hated that job. I came home every night. And I, you know, complained to my husband, my husband goes into his job. There's, I think, 20, 25 people there and he can spread, right? So now it becomes this, that's a big deal. And so what I, what I really loved, where I started to get really excited was the, the success stories where someone would tell me about how, you know, like I had one guy who called me and he said, Steph, I, I need to thank you, apparently. I said, oh, what's up? I mean, we worked together a couple of years ago and he goes, yeah, prior to us working together, um, like literally the, we started working together like on a Tuesday or a Monday and uh, my team was planning to stage a walkout on Friday. Oh boy. <laughs> and he was like, when we started working together, they decided to give me a couple extra weeks and see if it helped. <laughs> and they've just now told me about this two years later because they're finally comfortable. Wow. Wow. I, I don't know if there's a way to get that into a testimonial on your website, but that sounds pretty good. Stephanie saved does my not opinion. want to admit that. Right, on right, a right. That's, that's but yeah, you're, like you're it. And that, so that's where I started to, okay, this is what I love. Mm. You know, when I get businesses who are calling me and saying, I was trying to figure out how to shut down. I was trying to figure out how to close the business down. Wow. And I got to work with you. I got okay. to go to your event you know, I had one lady, she came to me, she said, Steph, I bought a ticket to your event because it was going to be like our, like, it was going to be our going out of, in style type of thing. Wow. <laughs> just like, may as well take the team to this event, yeah. you know, why not? Shut the door, right. Yeah. And she's like, we would not be here if it weren't for your event. Wow. And that just made me cry. I just started bawling like a little girl. Um, Awesome. But I had to get up on stage and, and talk directly afterwards. So that was fun. Hell <laughs> uh, uh. yes, lifers. Again, you know, um, this is how we want to feel about our business, right? Where the emotions come up when we're thinking about the people that we've affected uh, and, um, and helped them be of impact as well. And in a year where um, viruses are up, you know, I just thinking of what you were just saying right there, like the, uh, the negativity uh, that can be um, viral through throughout, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a workplace and uh, then into the family life and so forth and the reverse, right? So like if you're lit up 
and you're coming home with that every day, um, then, then you can, that can spread as well. Actually, I don't know which one spreads faster, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, I'd like to, I'd like to be optimistic and say it would be the, uh, the, um, you know, the fire, that, the optimism, that, uh, the goodness, yeah, the optimism. right. But, um, okay, well, let, I, I have to ask, you just mentioned you do a podcast with your mom. So tell me a little bit about that. That sounds fantastic. And what, tell us, uh, tell us about that podcast and, um, how did this even get going? So her and I have a podcast called black belt selling and, uh, we have this, we're both black belts. So we both have, uh, I have my second degree black belt in Taekwondo. She has her fourth degree. Oh so boy. We started talking about, you know, how does what we learned in order to become successful as, you know, salespeople or just become successful in martial artists, how does it apply in sales? And so we just started getting on and just breaking down. How do you approach? I mean, this was originally just like a, we were just trying to do a weekly interview, like a, um, it w- wasn't even a podcast at first. It was just like, let's record this and put it out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, we started breaking it down. This is back when we did the sales training, right? So we were both doing sales training. And um, so we would do, how do you do lead generation as a black belt? How do you do appointment setting as a black belt? And it just kept going from there. Um, it's, it's, we jokingly refer to it as black belt business now instead of black belt selling, even though it's still titled black belt selling. But uh, we, we'd bring on you know, our goal is to help you be a black belt across the board, right? And if you want to be the best of the best in sales, you have to have a strong, uh, you know, a strong mindset. You have to have a healthy headspace, right? So we talk about a whole, like everything that comes in and impacts your ability to sell, not just, not just your, your actual sales tactics anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, wow. There's, that sounds, so your guys are both black belts, yeah. Uh, and, um, and it sounds like you must, obviously you're going to have a podcast together, so you must have a good relationship. Uh, would, is there, is there anything to say about your early life there? It sounds like you grew up in a supportive environment or you had a good relationship. I did. I did. I did throw the math book at her once. Um, <laughs> like literally. Did she, did she block it though? Did she give you a black, a black belt? She, she, was, she was walking out of the room and I threw it just as she shut the door. So it didn't hit her. <laughs> But uh, she, uh, we, we had a mildly tumultuous childhood. I was um, a handful, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mom's like, when are you having kids? I'm like, never. I don't want to deal with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was a holy terror. Are you kidding with me? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I would do this to myself? No. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we've, we've got a really amazing relationship now. Um, and she was actually just up here hanging out with me, I ended up in the, uh, I know we've got the video going, I don't know if you've noticed, I've got these, you know, beautiful Wonder Woman style um, gauntlets on my arm. Um, I got bit by a spider and ended up in the ER over it. Oh my and goodness. I know, right? Are so okay? she uh, came up here to take care of me for a couple of days and we've always had a very good, very good, rela- well, not always, but we have a great relationship now. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, Steph, I feel like we could probably, there's a few other things you've mentioned that I feel like we, uh, we could touch on and maybe we could have you back another time. But, uh, but as we start to, to wind down here a little bit, I often will ask my guests, you know, it sounds like you are well into your hell yes life. You've got a, a great hell yes business and um, you're, you're, you know, affecting people's lives in a positive way, making an impact. But turning towards the future, I have this, this term that I use called your cringeworthy vision, a vision so big it makes you cringe to think about sharing it with other people. Some people don't 
even, you know, feel like that's useful to them, but some people do. Do you have um, something that would fit that bill that you'd care to share with us? Well, I don't know that it's cringeworthy. I get excited thinking about where we're going. My goal, so if you think about this, right, when you go to college, you get a catalog of all their courses, right? And it's like, okay, if you want to graduate with this degree, you need to take this many courses. You need to take these courses in this order, right? Yeah. I want to have something similar for business, Mm -hmm. but I want it to be taught. Like you can go to college and get your MBA, right? Except like most of those classes are taught by people who, you know, failed their business or haven't run a business in years. (laughs) And so I sit here and I'm like, why are we like, I've got friends who have their MBA and they're like, you know, Stephanie, I've got it. And the only thing I use out of it is, um, well, the initials at the end of my name. Right, right, right. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, it was useless for running my business. And so we want to create that level of support for entrepreneurs where they could say, okay, I'm going to get a business going. So we're, we're starting some accelerators that are going to be specifically designed for small business, small, small businesses, right? Who are solopreneurs getting the business off the ground, trying to get past the the six figure mark. Um, and then we're going to have accelerators that'll get you to seven figures to eight figures. We're gonna have individual classes, courses, events. I mean, it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. We want to do them virtually and in person. We, my goal is to have massive campus, right. Eventually. And, and it's, going to be awesome. So I don't know that that's cringeworthy. I just get excited. Oh, I mean, that sounds like a big vision. So yeah, big oh, yeah. cringeworthy vision. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I didn't see you cringe about it, but uh, no. uh, you've got a, that's a, that's a big one. That, that, yeah. that sounds great. And, and, um, LES Lifers, I will keep you updated on Stephanie's progress on that. If she opens up her doors, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to let you know. Well, um, Stephanie, it has been a pleasure having you here today. I'm glad that we were able to connect. And I always like to, oh, I wanted to ask um, if people wanted to connect with you more, uh, where on the internet would they go to find you? Um, you can find me at either of our websites. So my personal website, the Stephanie website is thestephanieshellercom like the one and only. The, um, the company Scheller. site is growdisrupt.com. Mm-hmm. If you go to either of those and you just want to chat with me, you have a question, you want to connect, um, you can fill out the, for- the contact forms. My team is awesome. They will have you in touch with me within 24 hours. Or if you are a Facebook fanatic, <clears throat> addict like me. Um, you can find me on Facebook, right? <laughs> um, and you can find us under Stephanie Scheller, um, under Grow Disrupt, or the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Mastermind is our Facebook group. Oh, and uh, you can join us over there too. And I hang out in there all the time. All right. All right. And we'll have links to all of this in the show notes. Um, fantastic, Stephanie. Well, I always like to wrap things up by saying hell yes together with my guests on the count of three. Are you ready and willing to do that? I am ready and willing. Let's go. Kind of, a, I'll, kind of like a hell yes. It's kind of that kind of a hell yes. So okay. here we go. One, two, three. Hell, hell yes. yes. All right, Stephanie. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.